Every part of your vehicle serves a purpose, especially your tires. When they aren't right, it makes a big difference in safety. So, find great deals on trusted brands of automotive and specialty tires for farm machinery, utility vehicles, and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Advanced Concrete. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, I guess we just want to tie a knot and hang on as far as weather's concerned today. Five minutes after five o'clock on a Thursday morning. How you doing, everybody? Farm Director Pam Yonke here to guide you through the hour. Today, it's going to be a little on the chilly side, but pretty sunshine. That's in the forecast. But our daytime highs today, no better than 17 degrees. Overnight lows down to about five above. Then for tomorrow, things turn the corner. 36 are expected high with sunshine on Friday, Saturday up to 42, Sunday, southern Wisconsin could see some clouds and 45 degrees. Dumak, our ag meteorologist, with weather details in about 15 minutes. Also up before 6 o'clock today, I'm happy to welcome in Cody Coster. Cody is a trader with Rice Dairy out of Chicago, and he's going to join us live this morning to let you know what's happening and unfolding in the dairy markets. I think everybody's more than a little concerned that our fluid milk contracts have not responded much in Chicago. And yesterday, barrel and block cheese both unchanged, but there's still quite a difference between the two as far as the split. We'll ask more questions about dairy with uh, Cody before 6. And more on that story out of Wood County, Wisconsin, where a dairy processor is being charged with felony counts of stealing money from his dairy farmer clients. Stick around. Being a member owner pays at Compeer Financial. As a farm credit cooperative, Compeer's member owners share in the profits. And this year, member owners will receive $177 million back in patronage. Talk with your local Compeer team to learn how the patronage program helps member owners reinvest in their operations and their local communities. Learn more at Compeer.com backslash patronage. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remain to the discretion of the board of directors based on a combination of factors including the risk in portfolio, earnings, and current capital position. Well, just about time for the annual gathering of our Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association. They're getting together. Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Winter conferences just keep on coming. But that's a good thing. A lot of growers only get once a year to get together with their friends in the same industry, may also get uh, just one opportunity to find out what kind of research has been going on through the calendar year, what kinds of new devices and apparatus have been created to try to help them out. Bob, it's always changing. There's always something that you can learn at these conferences, and that includes uh, some of that new technology on your smartphone. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, cattlemen, they got to grow feed. That's corn, that's soybeans. And we had a chance to talk to Damon Smith. And Damon, of course, is a plant pathologist at the University of Wisconsin through the Extension Service. And we talked to him about some of the challenges we had last year. Besides just weather, getting it planted and growing, it turned out we ended up with some diseases in corn and soybeans. And he's working with some apps to fix that. But first of all, We talked to him about the diseases we faced last year in crops like corn and soybeans. It was a challenge for sure, and with the late planting, that set us up uh, for several uh, disease problems in corn and and soybeans both. Uh, Probably most substantial in soybeans was white mold again this year, and then in corn we had tar spot, northern corn leaf blight, and gray leaf spot, all three of the trifecta. As far as the uh, the white mold, how extensive was it? Because it was a, a wet year. 
It was a wet year. It really depended on where you were in the state. So in the southern part, we had some pockets, but as you move north and especially up into the northeast, we ran into some pretty significant epidemics up that way, which makes sense. That's when the weather really lined up with flowering and soybeans. How much of a problem did it cause as far as actual plant disease and resultant yields? Yeah, it certainly affected yield. We saw some fields up in, you know, that problematic area, you know, with probably... 40, 50 percent incidence. So, of course, yield would have been affected 10 or more bushels per acre. Yep. As we look forward to 2020, can we expect any carryover in those areas, or is the strictly environmental situation every year is different? Yeah, it's going to be a combination. Unfortunately, with white mold, that, that particular fungus, once it's in the field, it's assumed to be there. I mean, the fortunate part is hopefully a lot of those fields are being rotated back out to corn, but we'll have to watch that uh, for the for the 2021 season for sure. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of people trying to go after some management techniques and that sort of thing to help mitigate part of that problem, but, you know, it really comes down to if that weather's really going to line up during that bloom period, and that's what really dictates how much and how severe that disease is, is year in and year out. Are there some agronomic practices we can use to hopefully mitigate it a little bit uh, or variety selection? Yeah, all of the above really, but we're doing quite a bit of work, uh, not only you know just looking at uh, foliar fungicide sprays, mm-hmm. but also looking at just what can we do in terms of row spacing and plant population. I have a graduate student right now working on an integrated management project, and it's interesting, we get uh, quite a reduction where we open up to a wider row spacing, uh, but we also see a, a substantial reduction if we're just dropping populations down. So if you want to stay in a 15-inch row spacing, simply trying to get those populations below about 140,000, you know, based on our research across multiple states looks looks pretty decent. So uh, layering those things in on top of a resistant variety and then maybe potentially working a, a fungicide application in there, you know, it's really going to be a multi-pronged approach. Are there some uh, fungicides that work better than others? And as far as the, the timing of application, beef before we see it, after we see it, it's probably too late. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's going to be right in that bloom period. That's the optimal timing. Uh, but, uh, you know, there are some products out there that give us some reduction, but the expectation really needs to be lowered. You know, we don't see the 90 and 95% control like like the weed scientists talk mm-hmm. about, right? So if we, if we get 20, 25, or 30% control of white mold over a non-treated plot, you know, we're doing a really good job. You know, from that standpoint, we've seen in Cobra and select situations work okay. Okay, that, that herbicide lactofen. Uh, we continue to see the Endura program as well as Approach and, and ProLine Stratego Yield, uh, all three of those programs holding right in there. And uh, as far as the corn this past year, again, the, the, the black tar, what, what uh, kind of problem did that cause? What brought that on, and was that statewide? Yeah, you know, after 2018, everybody was watching tar spot. And so 2019 comes, and we planted late, and the epidemic started much later. Fortunately, we were able to get a lot of the crop through the really important yield-limiting time where that disease can come in and take, take some yield from us. So, you know, in terms of uh, uh, widespread severity and yield loss, we didn't see what we saw in 2018, there certainly were some fields, uh, especially under irrigation, that got hit hard. But, you know, by the end of the season, I could go in just about any cornfield in Wisconsin and find some tar spot. You know, low severity, but, but high incidence across the state. And uh, it caused us 
what just yield loss or the uh, plant health yeah all the above again you know it's uh you know yield loss we watch closely of course but you know one of the issues i see more importantly for us here in wisconsin is the effect on our silage crop one thing that this disease does is it really pulls moisture out of the plants and forces these plants to shut down prematurely so trying to make good quality silage can really be a challenge even at low severities on you know with this particular disease so we're continuing to move forward on some silage corn work and we watch this disease quite closely in those in that research was that tar spot uh, the biggest challenge in corn this past year or were there other things that were just as problematic you know the last two years i call it the trifecta so we've had tar spot gray leaf spot northern corn leaf blight and in a lot of fields all three at the same time and and we're starting to really realize that when those plants are challenged by three or four diseases you know those plants just can't keep up with that kind of that kind of disease load so you know it's not quite synergism but there's Mm -hmm. definitely you know a multiplicative type interaction with those diseases so we continue to work on that and i think moving forward we really have to look at multiple disease control, you know, in our in our environment here in Wisconsin. And one of the challenges for growers is uh, identifying it and uh, getting it handled in the first place as soon as possible. You're working uh, with others on some apps. Tell us about that, what these uh, apps are designed to do, how we access them, and what they can tell us about things like tar spot and gray leaf spot, things like that. Yeah, our first app was Sporecaster, which was a prediction tool for uh, white mold, and so that really helps you figure out timing of application and whether you really need to apply or not. And, you know, we use a lot of growth stage information. The user puts some inputs in, and then there's some mathematical models uh, using weather information that tell you what the risk is. And so it just helps ease that decision whether you're going to put a fungicide on or not. Our secondary app that's a companion to that is Spore Buster, which is actually a fungicide calculator app. So we've done some economic analysis work mm-hmm. uh, on those various fungicide treatments, and, and we've built that into an app using those economic models that we've developed so that a farmer can sit down and really figure out, okay, if I'm going to put a fungicide on, it's expensive to do it, and what's going to give me the best opportun- you know, opportunity to recover my investment here? You know, And we do it on different scenarios, so you can enter your your pricing of beans, what your expected yield would be, and even the pricing of the particular programs that you get locally. How often are these updated, and how easy is it for the producers to to follow your guides on these apps? It should be pretty easy. We think it's easy to follow. Uh, You're a PhD. We, I know. We, we run into that, though, and we try to continue to, to make them simpler, and, and we do take feedback, and annually we are updating those, and we listen to what the, our industry collaborators are telling us and, and farmers and those that are using it. The, all the apps we develop are freely available. They're, they're research-sponsored apps. A lot of the stuff uh, has been sponsored by the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and the Wisconsin Corn Promotion Board, and uh, we're, we want want to push those free so if you go out to the if you're an android user you can go to the the android platform and pull that app down or if you're an iphone user you can go to the to the apple store and get it as well there now for for corn we've got that for uh tar spot we've got it for gray leaf spot uh, all these it's available well we're working on tar spot we thought we were going to have that one publicly available this year but we needed to do a little more beta testing so we will have industry uh, and and farmer partners that are going to be testing but not going to be widely publicly available if you're interested you can certainly contact me and we can you know set you up with a with a registration so you can you can test it out uh, we ran into some issues not in wisconsin but when we moved the app down into indiana and some other states uh, it did miss in the 
those environments. So we've added data this winter, and we're reprogramming this winter. So this is an ongoing thing. We don't just, you know, develop them and leave them there. We're we're continuing to try to improve them. As far as gray leaf spot in northern, those are the next things we're after, and so we're going to be working on that this summer to try to pull in data uh, so that we can continue to add uh, to these apps. And so I think as as we continue to follow the story, we've got the platforms in place, so we're going to continue to add add diseases. So as we use these apps continually, don't forget to use the refresh button because you're putting a lot of new information out all the time as this research becomes available and dependable. Exactly. Set your if you know if you're an iPhone user or an Android user, set set your phone to auto update those apps, and when when you do that, then you'll have the latest greatest version. You know, so in fact, we'll be pushing a spore buster update here probably in the next week or two. You know, and so if you got that auto update, it'll it'll be right in there. So. Uh, They'll update you if you're showing indication for that interest. And every new research comes on there, you'll ding the phone and it'll tell you to check that app. That's right. That's right. So continue to watch what's going on. And, you know, if you find something that's not right either, you know, we had se- several farmers using Sporecaster last year. They reached out to us and, and let us know where things were missing. That's great information. Don't just give up on us. You know, help us out and try to improve these apps. We all work together to work. Damon, thanks for the update. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Damon Smith, plant pathologist at the University of Wisconsin. Appriculture. Use those apps so that uh, you get better control over some of these plant pathology challenges in your fields. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. I-39 Supply would like to take a moment of your time to talk about snowmobile cruelty. If you're cold, they're cold. Bring them in and get an enclosed trailer. Five miles south of Portage, i39supply.com. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wisconsin's number one farm insurer can protect your dairy operation from unexpected declines in revenue from milk sales. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more or talk to your local agent about how dairy revenue protection can fit into your risk management plan. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Would it be crazy if you packed your bags and left? Peace Corps, life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or visit PeaceCorps.gov. Johnson Tractor from Land to Lawn. Join Case IH at Johnson Tractor's open house Thursday, February 20th at the Judah location. Come for pancakes and a sneak peek of the all-new AFS Connect Case IH Magnum. Presentations will be held at 9 and 11 a.m. Mark it down. Make it there. Johnson Tractor's open house, Thursday, February 20th in Judah. Johnson Tractor from Land to Lawn. She's like your older sister. 
but louder. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 520 now on a Thursday morning. What's loud and clear to me is it is cold out there, and that's the way it's going to be for at least a good 24 hours' time. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. And boy, our friends up in Black River Falls this morning, Jackson County, some of the coldest geography in the state. I heard somebody say uh, 25 degrees below zero, and that's the actual thermometer temperature. Yeah, and add about a five-mile-an-hour wind to that. And, okay, then you're talking wind chills down there at 35, 40 below. So, yeah, cold, cold morning. And it's going to only be about 24 hours worth, though, correct? Absolutely. Uh, by tomorrow, by tomorrow, we ought to turn it back to almost normal. Low 30s are normal right now. So that's a big swing in temperatures, almost 55, 60 degrees like at Black River Falls. So real big warm-up coming our way. But we have this really cold start to this Thursday morning. Canadian high pressure has settled right on in. Our skies were clear and cool last night. Not much wind, thankfully. The only precipitation we see is in the mid-Mississippi Valley and further south. Nothing nearby that we have to be concerned by. High pressure means sunny and cool today, but sunny and then more mild tomorrow. It warms up even more for the weekend. That happens as this high pressure system begins to slide a bit further east. And as winds then become west and southwest, southwest winds will be stronger. Could feel more chilly, but the thermometer is going to tell us it's a lot warmer tomorrow. We'll warm it up more for Saturday and Sunday. A weak system edging in could very well late Sunday night and into Monday lead to a little scattered light precipitation developing and a little mix. Rain and snow with the mild air we're seeing might be something we have to wrap up the weekend start next week. I'll have forecast details right after this. Being a member owner pays at Compure Financial. As a farm credit cooperative, Compure's member owners share in the profits. And this year, member owners will receive $177 million back in patch. Talk with your local Compeer team to learn how the patronage program helps member owners reinvest in their operations and their local communities. Learn more at Compeer.com backslash patronage. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remain to the discretion of the board of directors based on a combination of factors including the risk in portfolio, earnings, and current capital position. Ever walk across your cornfield and find a nice surprise? Like that favorite vice grip that fell off the planter last spring. Well, next fall, you might just come upon an even bigger treasure. More corn, thanks to Acuron Herbicide. Acuron gives you 5 to 15 more bushels an acre than any other herbicide when used in a pre-emergence application at full label rates. To discover your 5 to 15 bushels, talk to your Syngenta retailer. Acuron yield advantage range based on 2016 Syngenta and university trials. Always read and follow label instructions. Acuron is a restricted-use pesticide. 523 now. All right, Stu, let's hear about, I guess you got to tell us about today, but don't feel like you can't skip ahead to tomorrow, too. I I can do that real easy because today is going to be sunny and pretty quiet, just cold mid-teens. That's about all the better will hit as we head through the day. The wind chill still dropping down at most places, 15 to 20 below this morning. The northwest winds about 5 to 10. We stay clear overnight, not as cold, above zero, single digits above zero tonight. And winds become southwest at 5 to 10. Sunny on Friday. Low to mid-30s, back to normal or a bit above. Southwest winds stronger, though, 5 to 15, gusting near 30, keeping it a bit more chilly. And then by Saturday, mostly sunny skies, a lot of low 40s. That's above normal. South winds going to be around 5 to 10 on Saturday. 
Low to mid-40s on Sunday. Things are going to get kind of soft and squishy all around the yards, Pam. Probably a good weekend to get things cleaned up or do a couple of the outdoor chores you put off when it was a bit colder. Yeah, well, well, if it's that nice, you can't help yourself. We'll have to grill out, if nothing. Hey, makes good. Sounds great. When, when, when am I going to be there? Come on, Pam. <laughs> See you later, Stu. Thanks. See ya. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist with weather details. And yeah, I'm not even going to tell you what wind chills are because these uh, thermometer temperatures will suffice. La Crosse, you're clear and eight below. Mauston, clear and nine below. Fond du Lac, clear and four below. Beaver Dam, clear and six below. Madison at the airport, the warm spot. Clear and minus two. But again, like I said, that is just on the thermometer. That does not factor in any of the wind chill that is out there. After 5.30, Cody Coster, analyst with Rice Dairy in Chicago, is joining us live. Uh, The dairy markets lately have been about as cold as our weather. What's the news of the day? He'll bring it to us. It's 5.25. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Soil needs plants to stay healthy, just like plants need soil to survive. Nature thrives on forming connections. Farmers thrive on forming them too. With Indigo Marketplace, we're setting out to connect every farmer with every buyer, making it easier to find a market for the things that make your farm unique. Visit indigoag.com questions to find out more. Indigo. From questions, we grow. My husband had purchased something at another store. He was very unhappy with the quality of it, so we started talking about looking at different places. She bought me something, so then I decided to buy her a little something, and we weren't happy with it. It was from a different jeweler. We went into Chalmers and just started looking around with the intention of purchasing something that was already made, but then kind of got inspired to do something together that was unique for us. It really isn't any more expensive to do like, you know, a one-of-a-kind custom piece. Chalmers just really makes it a fun experience. We wanted to use her diamonds, and then we just added a few more diamonds and changed the white gold to platinum. So it's a piece that's new, but still old. It turned out how I hoped it would. I love it. It's beautiful. I get a lot of compliments on it. It's sparkly, and uh, it just really makes me feel good to wear. Chalmers Jewelers in Middleton and Madison. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai Tankless Water Heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go Tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai Water Heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Carrier has a complete line of home heating products to keep your family comfortable this winter without burning your budget. With smart temperature management and remote access options, it's easier than ever to control your home's climate. 
and carrier energy-efficient systems can help reduce utility bills without sacrificing comfort. For more complete comfort and greater peace of mind, turn to your carrier expert. Call your local carrier dealer, Olson Heating and Cooling in Mount Horeb. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of Battles Won. I'm Dr. Linda Van Eldick, a biomedical scientist supported by the American Health Assistance Foundation. I'm dedicated to educating the public because it's important for all of us to understand this debilitating disease. I conduct research aimed at discovering new and effective treatments for Alzheimer's disease. This is critical because every 70 seconds someone in America is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. That's more than a thousand people a day. Preliminary data show that exercise, a healthy diet, and keeping your mind active may help reduce your risk. At our website, ahaf.org, experts will answer your questions and address your concerns. Find out about promising research the Foundation funds and learn how to live with or care for someone with the disease. Call 1-800-437-2423 or go to ahaf.org for a free brochure on understanding Alzheimer's disease. That's 1-800-437-2423. We've seen a lot of Badger basketball games from the Bull Ryan era to the Greg Gardner era. We lamented after the fact, boy, if they just would have gone... 7 to 10 from the free throw line, or if they just would have shot 60% down the stretch, they would have won. How stunned were you watching the finish last night, seeing them one after the other, after the other, making free throws, 19 to 20, to basically not not lose a game at the free throw line, but clearly winning a game at the free throw line? Yeah, after the last couple of years where you were just waiting for them to lose it at the line, last night was insane, and uh, a lot of people were calling for Greg Gard to hire a free throw coach last year, maybe jokingly, maybe not. Um, looks like it finally paid off, even though I didn't hire anybody. Hey, Nelson uh, Nelson you know, went to Elite Wrestling, sorry to interrupt you, Zach, and put on more free throw performance than Ethan Happ did last year. Well, I believe he also thinks Ethan Happ wasn't any good. So um, <laughs> That's true. That's and true. He, said he, would challenge, he said he would challenge him to a free throw contest. That still hasn't happened. He's just <laughs> sitting in that little room talking to himself. <laughs> That's exactly Ridiculous. what he's doing right now. He is. He's reach, looking at his phone talking him. to himself. Reach out to him. That's what you got to do. All right? <laughs> yeah. No, he gets too much airtime already. Go, go ahead, Zach. 19 to 20 from the free throw line. Yeah, 19 to 20. And it was kind of funny because, like, all of, them, all of them hit. I mean, there was, you know, Reavers hit six of six. Davison was great. Pritzel was great. You know, they, you know, they didn't really have anybody else uh, that they needed to. I mean, just get the ball to. Aline Ford said it. He was the one that was taking the ball out every time, and for the most part, and said, uh, you know, he had confidence in all of his guys, but he was looking for Brevin and he was looking for Brad. And 
yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice change of pace for Wisconsin basketball fans to not see their uh, team miss free throws at the line. But it should not be that big of a surprise when your two worst free throw shooters Ethan Happen and Khalil Iverson are no longer here, and now they now they lead the Big Ten in free throw shooting. Hey Zach, I want to ask you about Aleem Ford in a second, but first, what is what's more frustrating: last year watching the Badgers try and shoot free throws, or this year the Badgers as Demetric Trice dances on top of the key, needing key possessions, and just chucking up a prayer and missing it? Free throws. Yeah, I mean it's it's in the word, Evo. It's free. Yeah, be able to get a lot of people exaggerate that on Twitter a lot. Free is in the word. Yes, but but comparatively to. A contested jumper at the top of the key, you know, free throws should be easier than doing that. But it is frustrating. I think it's extremely frustrating for fans to watch them run offense and get a 12 point lead. And then, you know, once it starts getting down the wire, just every time the ball around the top, it's annoying. It's every I, time. I, yeah, no, it's very, very annoying. They ran a little bit of offense. Um, when it was 61 59, they were in, you know, they had already chucked up, what, I think it was seven missed, seven misses already. Yep. Um, you know, and, and they ran some offense coming out of the timeout, but it still ended up with Demetrius Trice dribbling around at the top of the key. Like so, I can, I can yeah, pin, I know what's going to happen. They get the switch because they would always get their switch. You'd have the big guy yeah. on Trice, and then he'd just dance around and play hero ball. It was so maddening. Yeah, to, me, to me, when you're in the double bonus like that, and I drive to the rack. Yes, but he, that, here's the thing about that: is Demetrius can get by him. I just don't know if they're going to be able to finish, and that that to me would be the concern. But and he's been so good from outside. I mean, he's shooting yeah. 46% from three heading into that game. And, you know, so it's not a horrible shot because he did have a little bit of distance on it, but it's still a guy you're trying to shoot over is 6'8", 6'9", and that's not ter- terribly easy when you're 6'2". So All someone... Right. Uh, Zach, we'll, we'll look at, you lean. know, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's a win, and we'll celebrate that. And, you know, you get into March Madness. It's not how you win. It's just advancing. You know, that being said, it's another 13-point lead with 10 minutes to go that almost evaporates. I mean, does Guard comment on that? Is he asked about, you know, is there a worry still at the end of games? Yes, they salted away from the line, but here's another game that, with 10 minutes left, looked like it should have been over, and once again, a team finds a way to get closer than it maybe should have been down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, you look at, go back to the Illinois game that they should have won uh, going away. Uh, you look at the Iowa game, that a 12-point lead, couldn't make a basket in the last seven minutes. Uh, same thing happened against Michigan State. They were able to pull that one out. They've, they've had some real struggles in the last seven minutes of games. Uh, and last night was no different. I mean, they didn't they didn't make a basket in the last 538, and they still won. Um, obviously, making your free throws helps there, but you're not going to win so many games when you miss your last eight shots from the field. And it was. It got stagnant. There's there's no doubt about it. And they didn't get the ball to the post. I mean, and Greg Gard did talk about that afterwards. He said, you know, there were some possessions where we should have gotten the ball in the post and tried to get to the line when you're in the double bonus because Nate Reavers had been pretty successful down there in the second half and for them not to go down there at all um, was was a little bit confusing but again it's that that if it's not one thing it's another thing you know people are going to find something to complain about and that's certainly in my mind very uh, relevant criticism because it's almost constant game today. Well I mean instead of complaining how about the positives Aleem Ford in his game what a what a performance by him This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 535 now on a Thursday morning coming up before 6 o'clock visiting with Cody Coster, one of the commodity traders with uh, Rice Dairy down in Chicago. Uh, we have seen our fluid milk contracts continue to deteriorate and the product prices have gotten very, very erratic as well. Is anything changing on a Thursday morning and what else are they watching in the marketplace? 
He'll be joining us live via Skype to keep you ahead of what's going on in the marketplace. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. Today is the 20th day of February. On this day back in 1962, John Glenn had a five-hour space flight when he orbited the Earth. He landed in the Atlantic and he became the first U.S. citizen to orbit the Earth. That was on this date back in 1962. On this date in 1913 in Australia, they started to build their capital city, Canberra. It's an entirely planned city. If you've ever been there, it looks very, very much like Washington, D.C., with its grid panels and the white buildings, and they decided on Canberra as their geographic location as kind of a compromise between rivals Sydney and Melbourne in Australia. And on this date in 1943, right here at home, the All-American Girls Baseball League was formed that put females on the field in places like Kenosha and Racine and ultimately led to the movie you probably have watched, Tom Hanks, Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna, a league of their own based on true facts about our All-American Girls Baseball League formed right here in Wisconsin. And now you know. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. We want to follow up on a story we brought you in part yesterday. On the 24th of February, a dairy processor in central Wisconsin is going to be in court facing felony charges for taking more than $20,000 from about 80 dairy farms in Wood County. It is an interesting case because it's so very unique. That's what Josh Scramlin found out when he visited with the Wisconsin Attorney General, Josh Call. We have been following this story since it broke back in January that Attorney General Josh Call announced that Michael J. Moran, the owner of Wisconsin Dairy State Cheese Company in Wood County, was charged with felony theft of more than 80 farmers. The investigation into Moran's actions began back in February of 2017, three years ago, when the USDA received a complaint that someone at a cheese plant in Rudolph, Wisconsin, was forging signatures on underpayment checks. To talk more about this, I am joined by the Attorney General of Wisconsin, Josh Call. Mr. Attorney General, what did the USDA initially do with this complaint? Yeah, so uh, first it's important to note that you know, this is a criminal complaint. It's not a finding of guilt. Um, these are the allegations that have been made. But um, what we have alleged is that, and what, what sort of started this, is that USDA looked into this issue, and you know there had been some uh, underpayment checks that um, they concluded uh, ultimately were, were forged, uh, the signatures on those checks. And so those signatures weren't get those um, checks rather weren't getting to the milk producers. Uh, and instead, we've alleged were, were being kept um, by the defendant. He was keeping uh, the money for, for himself. And there were a total of 83 people who were victims as a result of this and uh, a little bit over $20,000 uh, in money that was uh, improperly ultimately taken from the victims. Yeah, the USDA routinely audited Dairy State. This this is uh, the company that he owned, the processing plant that he owned. So how exactly do we figure that he was doing this if he was routinely being audited? Yeah, so there are um, typically a, a number of um, underpayments um, per month. And what what the defendant here is alleged to have done is to have told the USDA that he was um, providing underpayment checks to, to milk producers, um, and he would even write out the check. Um, but then rather than giving the check where it was supposed to go, 
Um, it's alleged that he um, forged the signatures and, and kept the money for himself. Okay, allegedly the defendant, Michael Moran, the owner of Wisconsin Dairy State Cheese Company, and Rudolph was taking these checks, forging the signatures of dairy farmers, and then, what, taking them to the bank and depositing them or cashing them for himself? That's right. He would he would forge the signatures of the people who are the, the proper recipients um, and instead keep the money for himself. So you guys at the Department of Justice, you have these checks and reading the criminal complaint, uh, some of the farmers that were uh, allegedly swindled out of this money were shown the checks. What were their reactions to it? Well, the, the, the bottom line is that the signatures that are on the checks aren't the ones that go with uh, the people who you know allegedly had signed them, um, which is some of the clear evidence that uh, we believe exists here that, that there was forgery. Um, you know, one of the things I would note that's important that I think is a positive policy change that has come from this is um, the USDA, which, um, you know, does these audits, um, has now changed its processes um, as a result of this case. Um, it's now sending notices to farmers when, um, when there's an underpayment check that's supposed to be coming. So hopefully the new process that they have in place will prevent this from happening to other farmers in the future. Um, people will now know that, that they should have a check coming their way. All right, I'm on the phone with Wisconsin Attorney General Josh Call. Mr. Attorney General, as you said earlier, approximately 83 milk producers reported to have been victimized for $21,250.97. Of those victims, how many of them were over the age of 60? Uh, 21 of those victims were, were over 60 years old. You know, what, what the defendant here is alleged to have done is to have targeted, you know, the people who were working with him. What, you know, obviously the theft in and of itself is, is part of the, the really troubling conduct here. But then on top of that, you've got um, this alleged forgery of signatures. Um, and there's the fact that, you know, to, to have our, um, any of our industries, but including our dairy industry, operating um, as efficiently as possible, uh, there has to be trust between businesses. People have to be able to trust that those who they're working with are doing the right thing and uh, being honest with them. Um, and when we lose that trust, it, it slows down uh, the process. It makes it harder for people to, to work together and uh, makes us less competitive. And at a time when dairy farmers around the state of Wisconsin are struggling with some of the challenges that we face right now, that it just makes this crime all the more uh, outrageous. Yeah, there's enough things going on right now, as you said. Now, we talk about forging names, taking money that isn't his. What exactly are the charges that he's facing? He faces a variety of charges based on, on the conduct, but the, the, the core charges relate to the, the, the theft of um, uh, the funds and also the uh, fraudulent signatures. And then if he is convicted and found guilty, what type of penalty is he facing? Well, the, the maximums uh, would be a felony of up to ten years in, or a sentence of up to ten years in prison, and a twenty-five thousand dollars fine. Um, you know, as a practical matter, um, people don't typically receive the the maximum sentence. But these are Class G felonies that have been charged, so it's a it's a felony offense. And you know, what I think is critical here is that we work to get justice for the victims in this case. Have you guys at the Department of Justice ever seen a case like this in the dairy industry? You know, uh, this is an unusual case. It's not um, uncommon for there to be underpayment checks that um, that are provided to farmers based on you know changes in the milk price. Um, but uh, to you know, to my knowledge, this is the first case of this type um, that I'm aware of. Uh, it doesn't mean that there haven't been others, but it is um, certainly concerning. Not only because of the conduct of, of itself being so troubling, but also um, given the circumstances here that it's an industry that's already struggling and, um, and you know, it involves this use of forgery. 
one question that came to my mind right now is farmers that were affected by this, that had the money taken from them, have they or will they get that money back? How exactly does that work? Well, it'll depend on what happens in, in the process of this, uh, the case as it plays out. Again, these are still just charges at this point. But um, making sure that we're getting justice for victims is a critical part of, of any case like this where people have been defrauded. Um, we've got an Office of Crime Victim Services at the Wisconsin Department of Justice, which um, which works with victims. And uh, I'll just mention their, uh, the number that they can be contacted at is one 800 446 Six four, um, but but one of the things that um, I think is important um, in any resolution here is that restitution is uh, provided to to the victims as a result of um, as a result of the crimes that were committed. All right, the AG of Wisconsin, Josh Call, Mr. AG, thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. And now the question is, where do we go from here? According to court documents, the defendant, Michael J. Moran, has been summoned to appear at the Wood County Courthouse this upcoming Monday, February 24th at 9 a.m. If he fails to appear, a warrant for his arrest may be issued. We'll keep you updated on this story as it unfolds further. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Ever walk across your cornfield and find a nice surprise? Like that favorite vice grip that fell off the planter last spring. Well, next fall, you might just come upon an even bigger treasure. More corn, thanks to Acuron Herbicide. Acuron gives you 5 to 15 more bushels an acre than any other herbicide when used in a pre-emergence application at full label rates. To discover your 5 to 15 bushels, talk to your Syngenta retailer. Acuron yield advantage range based on 2016 Syngenta and university trials. Always read and follow label instructions. Acuron is a restricted-use pesticide. Up in just a moment, we're going to visit with Cody Coster. He's an analyst with Rice Dairy out of Chicago. He'll be joining us live via Skype to break down exactly what is going on in dairy. Where are the concerns? What should you do to try to protect yourself? That's up in just a moment. Markets are lower in overnight electronic trade. December corn's down about a half, three ninety a bushel. November soybeans right now are down two, nine twenty a bushel. The wheat for July, that's down a penny and a half, currently at five fifty nine a bushel. So around our area this morning, that translates in lacrosse. Cash corns at three sixty three, new crop at three fifty two, cash beans eight sixty nine, new crop eight eighty one in lacrosse. In Mauston, we've got cash corn at three sixty two, new crop at three forty five, cash beans in Mauston eight twenty five, new crop eight twenty six, new wheats at four eighty five. In uh, Sauk City, cash corns at three sixty four, new crop three fifty five, cash beans eight thirty, new crop at eight forty one. Cottage Grove's got cash corn at 362, new crop 363, cash beans 825, new crop 845, new wheat at 498. Jefferson, cash corn 365, new crop 360, cash beans 825, new crop 846, and new wheat 493 a bushel. Barrel and block cheese were both unchanged yesterday in Chicago. Double A butter dropped two cents again, back down to 177 and a half per pound and an overnight electronic trade fluid milk contracts pretty quiet right now march milk's up a penny at 1678 april and may contracts currently unchanged what is going on with our dairy markets we're talking about that next with analyst cody coster from rice dairy in chicago he joins us live in just moments this is the farm report with pam yonke
Are you planning to raise soybeans but are concerned about yield-robbing diseases such as white mold and sudden death syndrome? A complete management plan starts with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Cost-effective and compatible with other treatments, Heads Up triggers the plant's natural defense system, creating an immune-like response to help your soybeans fight off invading disease pathogens. Ask your local seed dealer or co-op for Heads Up today. For more information, visit HeadsUpST.com. Again, for more information on Heads Up Seed Treatment, visit HeadsUpST.com. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling the shine and diamonds but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days they may have that traditional feel that traditional customer service but they also have the new modern looks of today stop in and take a look at their jewelry case talk to the staff find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create go online goodmansjewelers.com Recently, the U.S. Navy delivered tons of food to hungry people halfway around the world. But you could help someone in your own community simply by donating a can of soup. Last week, a Navy doctor saved the life of a total stranger. Just like you could by giving a pint of blood. The men and women of America's Navy do some amazing things to make the world a better place. So can you. Whether it's by donating food or simply giving time, right in your own backyard. Brought to you by America's Navy. Outstanding in her field, this is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Young. You don't want to be outstanding anywhere this morning. Man, oh man, we have got dangerous uh, sub-zero temperatures out there, so anybody that's going to be working outside, take great care. Joining us live this morning from the Windy City is Cody Coster. He's an analyst with Rice Dairy and going to be a regular visitor with us here on the show. And you can verify for folks, Cody, it's not, not nice out there. It is not nice, Pam. I got up to get to the train this morning. Uh, it was surely windy in the big city. Uh, I think we had about negative two, negative three on the thermometer. So. Oh, yeah, we don't need this. Thank goodness it's only going to be 24 hours time. You know, we talk about the weather. That can sometimes influence our markets. Focus us in this morning, Cody, on how this coronavirus story continues to hang over dairy. Absolutely. You know, the way that I, I kind of explain the coronavirus situation to folks is, uh, and we in the Midwest would understand this, it is kind of like a snowstorm. Right before a snowstorm, what do people do? They go to the store, they buy as much product as they can, they take it home to store it because they don't know how long it's going to last. And right now we are in the middle of that snowstorm with the coronavirus. As soon as this ends, we need to get all those ships back into China. We need to get all the trucks back into the store and get product to the people But until that happens and ports are shut down and the border is shut down, um, it could take a little bit of a delay and a little bit of a a hit on our market. And I think what a lot of folks were really looking for this past GDT auction, the global uh, dairy trade auction, which happened on Tuesday, they were really watching to see what happened in butter, cheese and uh, uh, skim milk powder. Um, I can hit on the butter side a little bit. That that did fall apart. Uh, if you look at the United States price, it's about a dollar eighty, and a New Zealand price is about a dollar seventy-five per pound. 
Cheese, on the other hand, rallied a little bit, which I think was a little bit of a shock to some folks. Um, uh, cheese in America, we're sitting at about a dollar seventy per pound. In the EU, it's about a dollar fifty-six to a dollar sixty-five, and then in, in uh, New Zealand, about two oh five. So now, in the United States, we are a discount to New Zealand. Finally, the the biggest story coming out of last year was how much higher our cheese price was to New Zealand. We're not going to get exports. We're not going to get products shipped out. Uh, and now it seems like the tide has kind of turned and, and we are on the other side of that. <laughs> the big one that people were really watching was the skim milk powder. And going into Tuesday, we had heard from from other clients and other folks in the industry. They expected the price of skim milk powder to get shellacked, uh, which it didn't too bad. Um, if you look at the New Zealand price, which they do ship a lot of powder into China, it fell to a price of $1.29. I think it started the day at about $1.30, $1.31, if I remember correctly. Um, but the absence of China purchasing and not being there because of the borders being shut down is definitely affecting the market. Now, the folks that I've talked to and our chief economist, Mr. Matt Gould, uh, we had a conversation yesterday. He only expects this to last maybe through quarter one. Let's kind of let this virus, uh, you know, take its toll and let's 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 help the sick and, and hopefully find some kind of a cure. But then once the borders do open back up, Pam, it's just kind of like that, that scenario uh, with the store. we got to get product in there and, and feed these hungry people. There was a story overnight also, uh, Cody, that said something about China backing off even more tariffs. And it, they, it led me to believe that included some dairy-related tariffs. Correct. From what I understand and what I read, that is going to uh, be a big a big help on dairy. Um, I believe, and I'd have to go back, don't quote me, but I think they backed off another 25%. Yeah on a few of these dairy products to get things in even faster. Yeah, and because we have the supply, it's ready to go. How long would it take us to refill what China will need, Cody? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, I would have to dig into that a little bit more, but Mm -hmm. if if they need product, from what I understand, the the Chinese, if they're going to need something, they're going to pay up for it to get their people fed, Mm -hmm. and they're going to get that transit there as fast, as fast as possible. So, I mean, from from all kind of countries also. Well, and, you know, that's just it. Right now, it does seem to be a distribution logistics story as much as it is demand. Uh, Good deal. Appreciate that, Cody. We will plan on catching up with you again uh, or someone from Rice Dairy or uh, Commodity Risk Management Group next Thursday, all right? Perfect. Thank you, Pam. All right. Again, that's Cody Coster. He's an analyst with Rice Dairy, downtown Chicago. Like he said, all they do is focus in on dairy. Find out more about them. Find out more about Cody and what they do online, ricedairy.com. And like I said, thanks to their good heart and uh, the need for this dairy information, we're going to have somebody from Rice Dairy or Commodity Risk Management Group joining us live via Skype to give you the latest market-related information around dairy every Thursday as of today. All right, tomorrow we are going to talk a little bit about the financial situation with our ag lenders, and specifically Compure Financial. They are sending out patronage dividends, have already begun, and Rod Hebring, the CEO and president of Compure Financial, going to explain how they can do that in a time of down economics. He'll be one of our guests tomorrow morning. Don't forget, I'll also see you tomorrow starting at uh, 10 a.m. at the Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association Winter Convention, Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. It's 5.55. This is the Farm Report with 